Chapter ninety one of the Ontario Reader's Third Book by the Ontario Ministry of Education. Read for LibriVox.org by Marian Martin. Moonlight Sonata. Author unknown. It happened at Bonn. One moonlight winter's evening, I called upon Beethoven, for I wished him to take a walk, and afterwards sup with me. In passing through a dark narrow street, he suddenly paused. Hush, he said. What sound is that? It is from my sonata in F. Hark, how well it is played. It was a little mean dwelling, and we paused outside and listened. The player went on, but in the midst of the finale there was a sudden break. Then the voice of sobbing. I cannot play any more. It is too beautiful. It is utterly beyond my power to do it justice. Oh, what would I not give to go to the concert at Cologne? Ah, my sister, said her companion, why create regrets when there is no remedy? We can scarcely pay our rent. You are right, and yet I wish for once in my life to hear some really good music, but it is of no use. Beethoven looked at me. Let us go in, he said. Go in, I exclaimed. What can we go in for? I will play to her, he said in an excited tone. Here is feeling, genius, understanding. I will play to her, and she will understand it and before I could prevent him his hand was upon the door. It opened and we entered. A pale young man was sitting by the table making shoes, and near him, leaning sorrowfully upon an old-fashioned piano, sat a young girl with a profusion of light hair falling over her face. Pardon me, said Beethoven, but I heard music and was tempted to enter. I am a musician. The girl blushed, and the young man looked grave and somewhat annoyed. I, I also overheard something of what you said, continued my friend. You wish to hear, that is, you would like, that is, shall I play for you? There was something so odd in the whole affair, and something so comical and pleasant in the manner of the speaker, that the spell was broken in a moment. Thank you, said the shoemaker, but our piano is so wretched, and we have no music. No music, echoed my friend. How then does the young lady... He paused and coloured, for as he looked in the girl's face, he saw that she was blind. I, I entreat your pardon, he stammered. I had not perceived before. Then you play by ear? But when do you hear the music, since you frequent no concerts? We lived at Brühl for two years, and while there I used to hear a lady practising near us. During the summer evenings her windows were generally open, and I walked to and fro outside to listen to her. She seemed so shy that Beethoven said no more, but seated himself quietly before the piano and began to play. He had no sooner struck the first chord than I knew what would follow. Never, during all the years I knew him, did I hear him play as he then played to that blind girl and her brother. He seemed to be inspired, and from the instant that his fingers began to wander along the keys, the very tones of the instrument seemed to grow sweeter and more equal. The brother and sister were silent with wonder and rapture. The former laid aside his work, the latter, with her head bent slightly forward and her hands pressed tightly over her breast, crouched down near the end of the piano, as if fearful lest even the beating of her heart should break the flow of those magical sounds. Suddenly the flame of the single candle wavered, sank, flickered, and went out. Beethoven paused, and I threw open the shutters, admitting a flood of brilliant moonlight. The room was almost as light as before, the moon rays falling strongest upon the piano and the player, 
His head dropped upon his breast. His hands rested upon his knees. He seemed absorbed in deep thought. He remained thus for some time. At length the young shoemaker arose and approached him eagerly. "'Wonderful man,' he said in a low tone. "'Who and what are you?' "'Listen,' said Beethoven, and he played the opening bars of the sonata in F. A cry of recognition burst from them both, and exclaiming, "'Then you are Beethoven!' they covered his hands with tears and kisses. He rose to go, but we held him back with entreaties. "'Play to once once more. Only once more.' He suffered himself to be led back to the instrument. The moon shone brightly in through the window, and lighted up his glorious, rugged head and massive figure. "'I will improvise a sonata to the moonlight,' said he, looking up thoughtfully to the sky and stars. Then his hands dropped on the keys, and he began playing a sad and infinitely lovely movement, which crept gently over the instrument, like the calm flow of moonlight over the dark earth. This was followed by a wild, elfin passage in triple time a sort of grotesque interlude, like the dance of spirits upon the lawn. Then came a swift agitato finale, a breathless, hurrying, trembling movement, descriptive of flight and uncertainty, and vague impulsive terror, which carried us away on its rustling wings and left us all in emotion and wonder. "'Farewell to you,' said Beethoven, pushing back his chair and turning towards the door. "'Farewell to you. You will come again?' asked they in one breath he paused and looked compassionately almost tenderly at the face of the blind girl yes yes he said hurriedly i will come again and give the young lady some lessons farewell i will come again their looks followed us in silence more eloquent than words till we were out of sight let us make haste back said beethoven that i may write out that sonata while i can yet remember it we did so, and he sat over it till long past day-dawn, and this was the origin of the Moonlight Sonata, with which we are all so fondly acquainted. End of chapter 91 This recording is in the public domain.